Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy.
But I hope that it's in this that we start to see who we are because when we see who we are, then we can really see who God is. We really get a view of who God is when we see ourselves as we really are. And so I want us to do that together this morning. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is, is kind of the foundation verse for the whole series. And we're going to be looking at a lot of different verses, but this is the one the series is built on. And it says this, it's quite familiar if you've been around church at all, you read your Bible at all, you've probably heard this verse, and it says this, anyone who belongs to Christ, see that's important, has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. See, there's the before and the after, the old life and the new life, the old snapshot, the new snapshot. And today, I want us to take a little bit of time in looking about that old life, because Christ came to make all things new. Christ didn't come just to make us feel good or for us to celebrate a holiday where we give each other presents. Christ came to make things new. And with Christ, we don't just change a little bit. We don't go, okay, uh, yes, Jesus, and he's going to make a little part of my life new. No, he came to make all things new. He came to transform everything. He came to transform all of you. Not a part of you, not a little bit of you, but all of you. We were completely transformed. Think about this. With Jesus, we have the opportunity for our old self to be gone and for us to be reborn in the Spirit, by the Spirit of God, into who we were really created to be. We've got to look at the before before we can really celebrate the after. So, I guess I want to start by looking at maybe this, the, the false snapshot of humanity that a lot of us have. Kind of like when we think, oh, that doesn't look like me. This is where a lot of, a lot of people, and you might be part of this, um, have this false idea of who we are, this false snapshot of humanity. And it's basically this, this idea, this notion that with or without God, it really doesn't matter. We're all just basically good. Doesn't really matter if we have God. We're all good. This is the false snapshot a lot of people have. They think, we're all, you know, we're all kind of good. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not shooting people up or, you know, we're not, you know, we're not, we're good, right? Aren't we good? Aren't we all basically good? And this is the snapshot people have. The thing is, we go, isn't this what I look like, God? And God goes, no, no, not really. Not really. That's, that's not who you, that's not who you, that's, that's not it. And we buy into this notion that whatever we do, whatever we believe, none of us are really that bad. None of us are evil, for sure. And in fact, we're all just really good. We might be different, but we're all just good. And that thinking, while it might make you feel good for just a little bit, it is an absolute lie. See, I told you this wasn't going to feel Because if we believe we're okay, if we believe that we're all basically good, then there is absolutely no reason for us to call ourselves Christians. Actually, there's no reason for Jesus at all. And communion becomes just a snack. And reading scripture just becomes reading a book. And being in worship just becomes singing some songs. 
If we're all good, then we don't need a Savior. We don't need anything to be saved from. Right? That's the false snapshot that we have. Aren't I basically good? And the answer is no. The answer is no. In Genesis, Scripture records for us the, just the amazing event of creation itself. And, and you get this glimpse of the power and the creativity of God. And it's important for us to go back to that. Because he didn't create us to be not so great. He created us to be perfect with that perfect image. He, he, he spoke, he said, let there be light, and there was light. And he spoke uh, the oceans and the mountains and, and, and <coughs> birds and trees and animals and fish and everything into existence by just speaking it. And we, when he had finished all this, then he placed the stars and the, and, and the sun and, and, and the, everything in its place. And he, he did all of this. And then he creates humankind, man and woman. He does this with, this with this understanding that this is like nothing else he's created. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, we read this. So God created human beings in his own image. See, nothing else had been created in his image up to this point. In his own image, God created them. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He had placed a bit of himself in Adam and in Eve. The very beginning, perfection. And, and Adam and Eve lived in this perfect existence with God. And see, listen, we don't get that. We, we don't understand this. To be in perfect relationship with God, perfect communion with God, we cannot, we're never going to experience that on, on earth. But Adam and Eve had it for a time. They had it for a time. They walked and talked with God. They, they, they enjoyed full relationship with Him. Why? And here's the reason why. Because they were created without sin. They were created with the perfect snapshot. They were created without sin, so they were able to be in this communication, this, this communion, this relationship with God. And the instructions from God were quite simple. Hey, see that tree over there? Don't touch it. Don't go to it. Don't take anything off. Just don't go near the tree. They were in perfection. Don't touch the tree. And Adam and Eve chose to sin. <coughs> They chose it in that moment. They chose to follow after their own desires in that moment. And they began a pattern that has repeated itself inside each and every boy and girl that's ever walked on this earth. Sin. They sinned. And as a result, things would never be the same. Perfection, the perfect snapshot was ended in that moment. And we might try it every now and then and go, hey, hold up a picture of Adam and Eve. Isn't that me? Mm -mm. Nope. Isn't that what I look like? Mm -mm. We were broken in that moment. The relationship was broken. And sin entered into the world and it changed the picture. The snapshot, snapshot of humanity was changed forever. And Paul writes about the consequences of Adam and Eve's uh, sin and what it did for the rest of us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says this, When Adam sinned, Sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. The snapshot of perfection is now over. It's, it's not what we look like. That is not who we are. 
We're all not, we're not basically good. And that's a true snapshot of humanity. And it's not pretty and it doesn't feel good and you don't like to hear it. Now, listen, we, may, we will show glimpses of goodness in us every now and then. We'll do something good. We'll say something good. We'll, we'll do something that we go, wow, that really wasn't me. That really wasn't in my nature. Sure. But those are just moments. Those are momentary events that happen. Our basic nature is still, and it's a drive that's within us that is sinful. And that sin nature produces in us this constant struggle. For those of you that today say, I am a follower of Jesus. I have asked him to make all things new in my life. You know the struggle I'm about to read. Paul captures it just most excellently in Romans chapter 7 when he writes this. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. What, what Paul's saying is, I'm agreeing with the fact that I, I, I see, I understand that there is perfection, but I'm not it. I want to do it, but I can't. There's something, verse 17, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. Listen to this struggle. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Then we try to hold up a picture and go, isn't this what I look like? Aren't I perfection? No. This struggle is real. This struggle is you and me. It's every person that's lived since leaving the garden. would rather not face, would rather not see. Aren't I basically good? No, you're not. And neither am I. So I say, thank God, it's not the picture that must always be. It's not the picture that will always be. Why? Because Jesus came to make all things new. We need Jesus. We need a Savior. We need one who comes and says, I'm going to take that sin. I'm going to take that rebellion. I'm going to take that you keep doing wrong, even though there's a little part you want to do right. That little part of you is that little part of being created in the image of God. And I want to make you new. And so for the next couple of weeks, actually next week and the week after, especially, we're going to look at this nature of God, the nature of God that looks at us and sees us as we really are, not as we would like to see ourselves or we would like to see other people. He sees us as we really are, and he still says, I love you. And I want to be in relationship with you. And I don't want you to struggle. And so I want us to look at this, this picture of, of what drove this holy God to say, 
I'm going to give of myself. I'm going to break my body through Jesus for you. I am going to pour out my blood, perfect blood, sinless blood for you and for your sins so that you might be made new. We're going to look at the nature of that amazing God. Now, I don't want us to, to end this morning on, on this rather sober, very sober, but I think necessary glimpse of, of who we are on our own, our human nature. Um, I, I want to share with you, when Paul was talking about sin entering into the world and, and becoming part of us all through through one person, through, through Adam and Eve, really. He used it as a platform, actually, to introduce hope to us. And this is what he says in, in verse 19 of Romans 5. Because one person disobeyed God, right? That's in the garden. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. It was like a virus. Just, we all got it after that. But because one other person obeyed God, he's talking about Jesus. Many will be made righteous. That, that one man that makes us righteous, that one, it's Jesus Christ. And it's, and it's in his dying for our sins. It's in him rising to new life that we too can experience that rebirth. That we can experience what it means to be made new. You know, we sang earlier um, that... I don't know if you noticed it, if you picked up on it, but I heard it in the first service, and I was like, oh my goodness, that's it. It's this beautiful imagery that Kim, Kimsey sang, that, uh, that Jesus meets us at the sinner's table. You know, a lot of time when I view communion, uh, and maybe in some of the, the uh, churches you may have grown up in, traditions you've grown up in, you know, it's this beautiful, elaborate table and, and, and all this stuff, but you think about it, the night that Jesus had that meal with his friends, it was just an old wooden table. And it was just, I mean, it, it had served many a meal. It was just a table. And, um, you know, maybe someone had, you know, like carved their initials in it, you know. You know it's just a table. Scuff marks, stains, you know, just a table. And, and for a lot of us, we think, oh, I can't, I can't come and receive this because I'm not good enough. That's exactly why we should receive this, because we're not good enough. Jesus sits with us at a table, and he, he takes bread. And just imagine being at that table, and him looking at you in the eye and saying, this bread represents my body, which has been broken for you. And why did he do that? Because you're in need of a Savior. We're in need of being made new. Imagine him picking up a cup and saying, this cup represents my blood which has been poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. 
If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends. Thank you.